again. Let's do it. Hopefully I can answer all the questions that you have. <laughs> on the here on the podcast, Kyle, we ask all the tough questions. <laughs> bring it. Bring it on. How you doing, man? How's how's uh how's your Wednesday going? I didn't even know it was Wednesday. Yeah. When you're a freelancer, you don't even know what day it is, oh, usually, yeah. right? So am I working or am I not? <laughs> that's all I know. To be honest. And yeah. you don't know what day it is. Oh yeah. But so far, great. Can't complain. Pretty primelo. Primelo yeah. Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty sweet being in here with the setup and the um where we got my new globe going. I actually wanted to make sure I get a picture to a selfie of us. Can I get it with the cameras? Let's see. Oh. There we go. Nice. I'm going to send that to Sir Talk. All right. Now we can begin. Let's do it. So, Venezuela to San Francisco. Yeah, exactly. How long ago did you make the move? 14 years ago now. 14 years. Yeah. Many things in between. Yeah. And I don't know how I ended up here. It wasn't planned. Yeah. But here I am. (laughs) That was my destiny. So now I have to just keep going, you know. But 14 years now, man. 14 years. 14 years. When you meet people, when you're telling people about like what it is that you do about your work, how do you describe yourself? Hmm, that's a pretty good question because I do many things in the film business, right? I'm a, I used to be a producer. Sometimes I produce right now. I direct. I, um, I also do cinematography, camera. I used to gaff. I used to grip before too. And mostly I'm doing production design now. But what I tell people Usually when I have to describe my job is that I say that I'm a filmmaker because at the end of the day, that's what I do. Um, because that, I mean, that's, that's what I like to do. That's, I mean, it doesn't matter where in the film, film world you put me, that's, I mean, I can do pretty much, I feel like I can do anything, right? Mm-hmm. So I call myself a filmmaker and um, I try not to, Stay attached to, to one little thing, right? It's like, oh. What's your favorite role that you get to do on set? Hmm. Let's see. I mean, the one I feel more comfortable is definitely in production and production design also. Okay. Production design, I've been doing that all my life. And... Um, it's pretty easy. I've been doing that since I was a kid. So it's like I'm a fish in the water right there, right? It's mm-hmm. like I can pretty much do anything. I can um, lead any team. Pretty easy. But producing also. I mean, I've been producing since I was a kid too. My dad had a production company before. Okay. Back so, in Venezuela? Back in Venezuela. And... Um, I was building stuff there, and also I was producing there, too, since I was a kid. My dad just put us to work, 
he didn't put us to work. He just, uh, he was always bringing us to work. Um, and then we decided to start working with him. So we're making a ton of money since we we're kids. So yeah, yeah. for us as a kid, that was amazing. So what kind of stuff would, was he producing? So his production company was mainly for events. So we were making events for big, huge companies. Like, I don't know, anything you can imagine. Pepsi, Coca-Cola, any Procter & Gamble mm -hmm. stuff, Colgate. I mean, you name it. The big dogs. Big dogs, really. Also, we were um, bringing people, big concerts and all that stuff. People from outside going to Venezuela. Big bands. I don't even remember anything right now. Let me see. <laughs> Let's see. Oh. At that time, we brought uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers oh. and Shakira and... My, mi amor. Mi amor. <laughs> <laughs> She's my favorite. I love yeah. Shakira. Of all the, like, 90s oh, man. pop star le diva legends, Shakira, Shakira was always the one, like, that got my heart. <laughs> oh, man, Shakira... I, Everybody loves her. Yeah. She's just sexy and, you know, beautiful. She kind of had her own little style, too, I feel like. like that is also true. You watch the way that, the, like, Christina Aguilera or, like, uh, Britney Spears or these other divas of the era, they dance a certain way. But Shakira kind of had her own moves, I felt like. Well, she's Latin, right? So she had a bit of, bit of an advantage of that, on that. Uh, <clears throat> also, she was a dancer, too. Right. She decided to be more a dancer also in in her interpretations and all that. But yeah, I mean Shakira, man. <laughs> Shakira, Shakira. <clears throat> um, were you guys producing at these events video as well? Or was it just event production? No, just event production. And then one day um, I was graduating from from what? From the university. And I needed to make um I call it an internship, right? And then um, I didn't want to make it in my dad's or the family company because I was like, oh, it feels like I'm cheating. And I don't know, for some reason, I wanted to do something real, right? I want to do the the effort. You want to, to make do, your own path. I want to make my own. I don't know if at that time I didn't think of making my own path or anything. It was just I wanted to feel like I want, I was doing something Real and I didn't want to think people, my teachers or anything that I was cheating, mm -hmm. somehow right. It's like oh, you say yeah, you're gonna work in your dad's company. That's it's not really like, that's not a real is. job, right, even right. though I was really really working. But so I decided to a friend is like, well, I have these people. I have a friend that is looking for a production assistant for a TV show in Venezuela that was called Mochileros, which is backpacking right it was backpacking all over venezuela let's go like, oh, freaking awesome i want to i mean i would like to backpack all over venezuela and so let's do it so as soon as i got in i got interviewed and, and they were like oh yeah amazing you're gonna be perfect for this job you're gonna be the the pa the production assistant <laughs> i'm like oh okay cool for for me it was just experience right yeah. i was not i was making less money that I was doing at my dad's and all that, but it was just, you know, the experience of that, right? 
So I started doing it. I mean, instantly. The the producers we had a in Venezuela we call field producer and producer. They were they were girls, and they were in love with me. It's like, <laughs> oh my goodness, where are you from? Like, I mean, how can you do all this stuff? Uh-huh. Like how, I mean, you are all the time ready. Like, you are amazing, right? It's, well, I've been doing this all my life. Right. I mean, I didn't tell them that before, but I showed them. So we need to make this set. And so I was designing sets and setting up sets and producing and making calls and doing this and arranging that. And they were like, oh, my goodness. So um, the director, too, my whole team, they knew that was way above being a PA. <clears throat> so they, the director is like, man, I haven't seen anybody like you. Um, he, he, the director was very, very well recognized in Venezuela in the commercial world. He said, well, let's, let's do this. Go to this company, talk to this guy. His name was Juan Antonio Diaz. So talk to this guy. And he's gonna, you're gonna start working on commercials, because commercials, first of all, you make more money, and second, at that time, it was the closest thing to make to make films because we were actually filming, shooting on film. So I said, okay, cool. <clears throat> so I started doing it. So I went there, and as soon as I started doing it, one year after, I was producing myself. I went from PA to producing in a year. That's awesome. So, but things were going too fast. I mean, there were a bunch of stuff that I didn't know. I didn't know anything about lighting or or cameras or anything like that at that time. So, um, so that's why I decided to come here to to study film and all that. Because also I wanted to become a director. Just tilt that. There we go. So yeah. That's you came story. to the states to become a director. Yep. Why? Uh, why did you choose the Academy of Art? If I mean to be to be quite honest, it was the easy decision at the time. It was just faith, I guess, right? That I ended up there um, because I went to I went to study in New York. I wanted to move to New York. So I was there for three months, and then me and my whole family, we had the money in a bank um, in Miami, and the bank went bankrupt, Oh! and we lost all our money. And then... Um, was this part of, like, to the 2008 stuff? Or? 2008, correct, 2008, 2009. So part of the big collapse. It was a little ra- right after. Okay. But these guys, they also had those. They actually had a like a Ponzi scheme. Gotcha. Right, and um, so we ended up losing all our money. And at that time, Venezuela was also doing super bad, so we ended up fucked up. And um, at that time, we also had in Venezuela we had something that was called currency exchange control, and that means that you cannot change, you cannot exchange your currency for any other currency. Mm. So. Basically, I had no way to find money or get money or anything like that. So my brother called me. So that happened when I was in New York. 
as soon as I got to New York, that happened, right? So I had some money that I could use, but I only lasted there like three months. And then my brother said, oh, you know what? Come here. You stay with me, and then I can find you a job right away. My in brother was producing events here. In San Francisco? In San Francisco. Okay. So I was like, okay, fuck. I mean, I, that's the only thing I can do. So I came here, <clears throat> and then, uh, but in my mind, I moved here to, to learn film, right? To study film and all that stuff. So the first thing I did is, I, well, I want to go to see a school, and if, if I like the school, I, I'll find a way to I'll stay here. So I went to the Academy of Arts, and with the tour and all that stuff, they show you the equipment, the, the color room and all that stuff. So I was like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. I like it. I love it. And then um, I, started, I started studying there, man. <laughs> was it a big culture shock to, to come to San Francisco for you? It was huge. I mean, it was huge. I mean, also, it's the mindset that you come, right? Because in my mind... Um, my plan was always to, to come here, graduate, do grad school, and then go back to Venezuela to continue producing or, or directing or whatever I wanted to do because I was actually someone there. Yeah. But then I got here, and then, uh, first of all, you think that you in grad school you're going to find people um, that is sort of at your level, but then you find out that nobody knows anything either. So it's like, oh, man, this is... <laughs> in, in filmmaking, it's mostly teaming with people, right? It's like totally. that's, that's all it is. Like by yourself, especially before, it was really hard to do things by yourself. Right now it's easier because these cameras help you a lot, but before it was nearly impossible to do things by yourself. So I was like, man, pretty pissed. It's like, man, I can't believe... This also my English was super bad, so I had issues of because I went I study I graduated as a communicator like a journalist in Venezuela. So the fact that I had perfect Spanish, and um, I was very concerned on making mistakes in English, right? Like I don't want to make any grammar mistakes, mm -hmm. or I want to speak the wrong way, so. That was really bad for me too, because that affected my the way I, I talked to people and the, the way that I communicated my confidence and all of that. We talked about that on set the other day about yeah. just how part of <clears throat> learning any new language is you almost have to be okay with being foolish, you know, Absolutely. making a fool of yourself. Absolutely, <laughs> that's the best thing you can do. Just yeah. go for it. People like it. People care. People or people. People don't really care if you are speaking the wrong way or mm -hmm. anything. They just want to understand you. One thing I like to tell my friends are like a lot of my ex-girlfriends have been from other countries. I'm an international guy. Yeah. And they're always like, oh, my accent. Like, I'm so embarrassed. And what I like to tell them is like, I listen to people who sound like me all day. <laughs> most of my life. I'm like, this is something exciting and yeah. new. Like, I think accents are the seasoning of conversation, you know, and. Hearing someone with a good accent like yourself, it's like, ooh, it's this extra flavor, you know? I don't get to hear that all the time. Yeah, I mean, you say that, but when you're on the other side, you start... Right. It is... As soon as people make a face, like, they, they are not understanding what you're saying, you're like, oh, man, this is going wrong. And then you start, 
overthinking it and then spinning, yeah. spinning, and that's it. I mean, it just that is that easy to to stop or to overthink things. Like sure. you stop talking at all. And um, well, did, did, I'm sure that made the classes much harder for you as well. No, the, in the classes, actually, the class was pretty easy because my English was pretty good okay. already. Yeah. Um, so in my class, there were a bunch of uh, international people too. So my English compared to everybody else was pretty good. Uh, and you have this degree as a communicator. So I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was the, I mean, my English was way above everybody else. So I was like, oh, okay, I can say whatever I want here. But in terms of a job where everybody spoke English, I was like, oh, man. I started having issues or um, I wouldn't have to communicate in English at all. So, but yeah, I mean, culture shock was huge. Also because where I'm from, Caracas, I'm from Caracas, Venezuela. Things go super fast. I mean, it's, the pace is like really like New York. I mean, you're going to think it's like, oh, yeah, South America, you can compare it to New York, but you totally can't. Sure. Things just go fast. You don't even... Um, people walk fast on the street. I'm people guessing. walk fast, <laughs> and, and everything goes fast. Production goes yeah to a speed that you have no idea. Then I got here, and everything is so mellow, and people are like <laughs> peace, and it's like what the hell, Cali, bro? It's all Cali. Yeah. It's like man, I don't understand this. I can't. I have to go fast. I'm going at a speed that nobody else is going, mm-hmm. and I feel like. It, it is really weird. So it was a big, big, big culture shock. What part of the city did you move into when you first moved? I always live in uh, Japan town. Okay. Um, my brother used to live there. And then my, mo- my brother moved out of the apartment and I stayed in the apartment with my best friend. And I lived there for literally like 12 years until I got married and then I moved to Glen Park. But I, man, that was... All the time, the same apartment. It was a pretty cool apartment, actually. So, Japan Town, man. Japan Town's the spot. Do you go, you go to the Fillmore a lot? Oh, I, yeah. I, used, I mean, that was, I used to do everything in the Fillmore. Yeah. Hanging out uh-huh. and eating outside all the time. Sure. It's like, that was the place to go. Yeah. The, uh, what, uh, how did you find, like, the program that you were in at Academy of Art? Did you have a specific focus? Was it like directing or was it just filmmaking in general? Or what was that path like for you? You know, you have to pick a path. So I pick directing. Um, but it's funny that you're saying it because, I mean, the directing classes were not that great, to be quite honest. Mm. So I started taking some directing classes, but at the same time I stood, I was, I mean, if you're a good director, you know how important writing is, right? Also. So I started doing a lot of writing. Um, and I also, I used to love, I mean, for me, cinematography and lighting and all of that, I mean, it was pretty easy. And also had, all my friends were in the cinematography path. So what I did is like, I'm just going to do cinematography and learn with my friends. So every time they had a project, I was helping them and doing things and setting up the lighting and basically taking classes with them. So I ended up doing 
at the end, I ended up doing more cinematography projects for people than my own projects. Like, I didn't direct too much when I was in class because for that you need money. I didn't have a cent mm. at that time. And um, You had to fund your own projects even though you were in school? I had to fund my own school and I had to fund my own projects and everything. But I yeah. mean, like, in the when you were at the academy for your school projects, yeah. you were having to fund it out of your own pocket? Yeah. Everything you have to pay it on your own. Wow. Oh, except one class. One or two classes. Which I did a freaking awesome... The only... Actually, was only one class directing three or something like that. I don't remember. That was the only class that we were in a studio. And every every student had to film a scene uh, that day. And the, that day, they give you a cinematographer and they give you this and they give you everything that you needed, right? And I did a freaking awesome uh, project in a studio. Pretty cool. What and they the give project? you two hours. I took uh, a piece of... A, Looking Through the Glass, I think it was the name. The, what is the name? Through the Looking Glass. Through the Looking Glass. Yeah. I took a, an excerpt or a piece of that book and I made it about that because you can do anything. It's, I mean, it was not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So, so, yeah, that's what I did. And it was really, really, really cool because I actually had it since I'm, I'm a production designer, I knew how to do things and I had connections with uh, event event places and furniture and access to many things. I had access to trucks and everything. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to just do something really cool in the in the studio, right? Mm-hmm. So I set up the whole studio, made, made pretty cool stuff. When the cinematographer got there, he's like, this is really cool, man. What are you doing? I said, well, man, let's, let's shoot it here. I mean, I prep everything. I don't know how I asked permission in the school, right? I mean, I don't know how they let me. Yeah. I don't even think they let me do it. I just did it somehow. Well, it sounds like because you had so much experience with, uh, like, producing events, what you could uh, envision, what you could dream was that much bigger. Like, if I went into a studio, I'm thinking about these limitations because I haven't done the work of, like, I mean, I have done production work, but I'm saying, like, if I hadn't, Going in there, you don't know, like, oh, could I get a truck? Yeah. Could I get someone to bring stuff in? Like, yeah. I'd be looking in, like, what do we have on hand that we can use, right? Correct. I mean, that that was exactly what you're saying. That was everybody's um, project. Like, oh, why well, do I have a hand? When they decided to do a set, basically the set was putting a lamp or putting this. <laughs> right. That. In my case, no. In my case, I, I mean, I had something really cool, which is, uh, like, the... Looking, what is the name of the through the looking glass? Through the looking glass. Yeah, yeah. And I said, Well, I'm gonna make something cool. So I decided, I mean, I had all the connections with the with the people in, in at work, so I just could take anything I wanted. So I'm gonna make something cool. This is basically the only thing I'm doing in, in school. I mean, I had to do more stuff, but I was always so busy, I, I didn't do too many things. Um, so it ended up being pretty cool. The connections was like, was the company that your brother was also working for that production Correct. company. Okay. Yeah, I and I and myself too. When I had time, I was working there. When I was not in school, I was gotcha. I had to go to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll change your perspective really quick too. You know, when you're. Yeah, I mean, the more the more things you do, the more things you do. The more <laughs> the more things you do. 
I mean, your your mind thinks in different ways, right? Like, oh, I know what to do here and what to do with that. Just because you know the possibilities. So that definitely helped. Yeah. And you were directing that project? I was the director, okay. yeah. Did yeah. you get to, when, when you graduated, did you get to experience directing some things? Yeah. I mean, I've been doing a few commercials and uh, how you call it? Uh, a lot of testimonials and little mini documentaries and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's it, really. Um, even when I graduated, I had the same issue with the language, right? I was not uh, confident enough to 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 uh, how how would you say that? I was not confident enough to to think that I can communicate just with the language that I have at that point. To take it all on your shoulders. Correct. And, yeah. So you know what? Yeah, I'm a director, but I have to... It's hard enough if you speak. Correct. Fluent, right? Correct. It is hard enough. But but I was ready at the same time, mm -hmm. but the language never let me do it. So, or myself never let me... Mm -hmm. I never did it because of the issues that I was having, I guess, right? Yeah. So I went through that in... Um, so, yeah, and somehow I ended up doing production design because of the same thing. It's like, oh, I mean, I don't need to speak anything. I can just get into this path, and then I just start kicking ass, and then that's it. And you already have so much experience that that's is applicable, right? Correct. But then that's, that's the thing also, right? Like sometimes one thing that is important is that you have to choose your own path. You have to let anybody else speak what you should do, right? So probably production design was not my first option. It felt like the easy choice. It like, was the easy yeah. choice um, at that time. It is still the easy choice. But maybe it was the correct, too. Because I, I mean, somehow things are working out now, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but it was not my first option because I wanted to direct or I wanted to produce. Uh, Can but you I guess explain the difference between those two roles to, piece, to someone that, um, like, for someone that's not in film production, mm -hmm. what is the difference between a director and a producer? Ooh, let me see. Mm, so they, basically the director, what they do is that they, uh, they have an idea of the film. Right, and they have the direction of the film, how they see it go, and then, um, and then, if in that direction they decide that on on in on the scene they're gonna have an elephant or let's see let's say a pink elephant to make it more silly, the producer needs to make sure that they have the budget first of all to bring that pink elephant, and second to bring that pink elephant to set on the day that it is, that is, that is that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So the producer basically produces. That's what it is. He makes sure that everything happens. Executes. Executes, correct. And the director, he just, this, I mean, start thinking about things that he wants and all that stuff. The dreamer. The dreamer. But usually, uh, I mean, from my point of view, good directors are good producers too. Like they know how far can they go they know how to take advantage of the stuff that they have also available. 
and they know how to manage those two, those things. Unless you're, I mean, of, of course, a mega mega director that you can just ask for whatever you want and you're going to get it. But before you get to that point, you better are a good producer also as a, a good director because, I mean, yeah, you need to know how far can you go with your story, right? If you're going to ask for that pink elephant, you better have the money or better if you have the resources to get that. If not, why are you doing on your script? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Might be time or, for a rewrite. <laughs> it's either time for a rewrite or it's time to rethink your, how can you make that happen in other ways, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, I need a pink elephant, but maybe I can just put a pink hose and just put the hose and that's gonna, we're going to pretend that's the elephant. Okay, that's enough. That's it. But you have to make it work. It's your job to make it work too. Yeah. So that's the that's the difference. The director directs and decides what he wants. The producer make it happen, executes. That's what it is. It's interesting. Like the the producer role has such a vast like not only in film and music. There's such a vast range of duties and responsibilities, and you find I've found that the word producer. It's something that everybody defines for themselves. You know, like I might be a producer because I know a lot of people and I can connect you to the guy with the pink elephant or the guy that has the set or, you know, I'm bringing that onto the production or I'm rich and I can pay for stuff or I know people with money. I can connect uh, the director to the people that will fund things or maybe I know uh, how to run a set, right? Like, and I know, like you said, like what you do, I've yeah. worked in production um, or I'm the ideas guy and I'm, I'll sit with the director and I'll let's flush out the script. Let's let's yeah. make it work. So, you know, like you said, too, I think that to be a good director, to bring your vision to life, you have to be thinking like a producer as well. Yeah. I mean, like like you're saying, there are many types of types of producer. Actually, there are many echelons or many levels of producing. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, you have the executive producer, which is what you're saying. They are the ones that just find the money, right? But to find the money, you need to know producing already, right? Uh, yeah, you find the money, but you know how it's going to be spent and uh, you know how to find it, where to look for it, all of that. Um, but those are the big bosses, right? Like those are the people that get the Oscar at the end for best film, those are the executive producers. Right. Then you have a, the producer, which is the people that bring the line producers and other producers that are the ones moving. And those are the ones that you see on set running and managing things and running payrolls and this and that and all that stuff. That's a different story. I mean, but... But yeah, you have different levels of producing. Yeah. Of course. When you're when you look back at your career so far and all the work you've done, is there a a project that you feel is like your like the one that you think about as being like your 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 favorite or your greatest achievement? Is there one that you look at you're like this was the project that changed everything or this is the one that you know defined my defined me as a filmmaker? Hmm. 
Well, that's a good question because I haven't... It depends. It depends on how you see it, right? Because I have done big projects, right? Mm -hmm. Big, huge projects. But definitely the one that changed my trajectory was the silly TV show that I was doing in Venezuela, right? Um, That just the fact that I was working with my dad all my life and uh, all my family knows, I mean, we work just as hard, all of of us, right? So that silly TV show just changed my mind. It it was a switch. I was like, oh, you're freaking awesome, right? You're, I mean, you're, I mean, you're really good at what you do. I mean, you just didn't know it. So <clears throat> that was a, a big mindset, right? So a change of mindset or change of, it this changed was, my mind. Was this the fir- that first PA job that you're talking that about? That was the first PA job. Okay. It's like, oh, man, you are, I mean, you see in people's faces, right? It's like, it's like people, you know, how, how, like, how come you're the PA and you know all this? You know, how you are the PA and you're doing all of that? Mm-hmm. Because I was super young too, but I started working with my dad since I was 12, right? right? So for me, it's automatic, right? It's like, oh, I can produce, I can do this, I can do that. But for me, it's automatic. I didn't even know I was that good. I was just doing it, right? That opened up your world, getting that validation. Correct. So that opened up my world and it's like, made me realize, like, okay, you can do whatever you want. So now what you want to do? It's okay, you have this new door open. Do you want to start doing commercials? Yes, I want to do that. I want to be better. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I said, well, now you, I mean, now you are really good at producing commercials. Now what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. So, okay, I want to direct. Okay, how can I do that? We'll go and study something. And then that's, I guess that was my, what changed my, my life, I guess, a little bit, I guess. That little silly TV show. Yeah, what was the TV show about? It was uh, about backpacking. Oh, the mochileros. The mochileros, yeah. Mochileros. It, was, it also was super cool because it was, I knew the entire Venezuela just backpacking with the team and all that. That's a dream job. It right? was yeah. it was amazing because I didn't know Venezuela that much. I mean, I knew Venezuela enough, but not like going, I mean, I had to go three times to the place to produce. I had to pre-produce there, then go to the show, do the show there, and then go one more time to settle things. So I was just going to places all the time. So it was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool job. So my next question then has to be, what is your holy grail? How would you define holy grail? What's the, what's the, you know, like, you know, the story of the holy grail and the quest? You know the Holy Grail? Yeah. The King Arthur? Yeah. So like the Holy Grail is like the thing that they, like his life was all about. Cool. The quest, the, the, the achievement, the, yeah. the the big dream that, that he was reaching for during his story. That's a pretty good question um, because, let's see, when I was, um, when I started on, on production and that I started doing this show and all that, one thing I said, or when I started doing commercials, actually, I said, well, I want to be the best producer in the world at some point, right? <clears throat> I mean, at that point, it sounds silly. And then um, I moved here, and then I said that to, in my application, I, well, I mean, 
I write it down and I have one of my best friends next to me. He said, well, I always want to be the best producer in the world. And he laughed at me. He said, oh, you're so corny. You're so silly. You know this? <laughs> and at that time, I really believed that I could do it, right? Um, but then things, I mean, like you say, in the culture change, the culture shock and all that, it changed a little bit, right? But I knew that in my mind that it was going to be something at some point, right? So my holy grail is that I created uh, a platform for filmmakers where you can actually produce any anything that you want. And if I make that happen, and if I make the, that possible the way is in my in my mind and the way I intend, I want I'm gonna be the best fucking producer in the world because <laughs> I'm gonna be producing every single project right. that everybody's gonna be doing. Yeah. So if I do that in the world, so if I do that, I'm going to consider myself the best producer in the world. There you too. go. So you're engaged <laughs> on it. And I'm, that's a great segue because that was a big thing I wanted to talk about with you today. Um, how, will you, how do you describe this project that, that you just referenced? Um, can you explain that for, so that you know, people, I know people are going to find it super interesting. Yeah. What is this thing? What is this great work that you're building right now? Yeah, well, in a, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to release the first, uh, well, they call it MVP, which is Minimum Viable Product of a Platform for Production. Okay. Where you can, uh, anybody, really, anybody can produce anything, uh, any film or, or anything that is for TV or anything, really. So there we help you. Uh, with the workflow, um, creating call sheets, uh, contacting people, saving your projects, um, creating calendars, and all of that. It's going to grow way bigger than that. But right now, that's what you can do. Um, and the cool thing is that it is basically automating stuff that for now, I mean, for me, it's silly that in in a... In a in the film world that has so much money, uh, there are no tools that can help you produce, really. We only have Excel or the payments are done in freaking cash mm -hmm. or, or someone lends you a credit card for you to do stuff or that the communication still by text messages and stuff like that. Where right now there are so many tools that can be... Uh, that can be created for film. The thing is that everything in film is so different to compared to our industries that nobody have done or none of the uh, tools that other people use can be used in our film in our field. Yeah, it seems so, like every production has to kind of cherry pick different platforms to combine together to to cover whether it's like QuickBooks or you're using Slack or you're just texting and correct. So you're building this one platform that kind of one ring to rule them all. Correct. <laughs> but I mean, in a way that makes sense for, for, or feel because one thing I know and one thing everybody knows is that in this industry, everybody is a, is a freelancer. So how can you do, how can you create tools that are not attached to companies or that are not attached to, that can also work for you as a freelancer, right? Right. 
So that's what I'm creating, something that works not only for companies, but only also for the freelancer. And one thing also that is important to me is how can you create a tool, not only to help you work, but also how can this tool help you grow yeah. as a filmmaker? Because for us, it's hard to, I mean, me because I'm obsessed with growth, right? It's like, that's one thing um, I cannot stop doing. And it's really hard to do, especially, um, I mean, when you don't know what to do or where to go or anything like that. So hopefully, I, my platform is going to help everybody. I mean, if you have the desire to grow, uh, you're going to have all the options to grow there. From um, learning the tools, that's going to be one thing. But also, I mean, at some point, we're going to have master classes that's going to help you grow. And uh, at some point, you're going to be able to produce your own films. You're going to see how. Um, but yeah, give you the opportunity to really create whatever you want to create in that platform. I mean, right now we're only releasing the MVP, the minimum viable mm -hmm. product. But in a, in a year or two, people are going to start seeing all the tools and all the things that you can do in the platform. I mean, it seems like there's possibility, there's potential out there for so many different, if you think almost like a modular system, right? Like you could plug in crowdfunding you can plug in i think i remember you explaining to me a marketplace for gear or a rental house for gear or you know, it's like a one-stop shop for a product for a video production professional right correct i mean what is important to me it is the community right and and the people right so how can you make people um not only find everything because i mean they already know where to find everything, but how, how to have everything accessible easily and how to automate your, your job and how to stop doing the, I don't know how you, I don't know, there's a word in English, I don't remember it, but basically how to stop doing silly, silly job, right? Like Yeah, yeah, the, the all the silly work task. that's not actually where your heart is. Correct. It's like the hardest thing for creatives. I, I forget if we were talking about this earlier, but like for me, 60% of my work is finding it, you know, and, and working on my marketing and working on my, you know, scanning Facebook and sending emails, trying to like connect. Oh, can I get on the shoot? Yeah. And that's so much of energy that gets expended there. I don't, that, you know, that also doing paperwork. Right. Just we, I mean, sometimes we finish jobs and we have to do paperwork the paperwork can take you one or two days and nobody's paying you for that. Right. You're just doing paperwork, but it's unbelievable that it's no to, to help you for that. For me, that is insane. So that's one thing we're helping to create also in, um, basically, yeah, we're going to rule them all. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, dude. What's the name of the platform? Can you the, say it yet? The platform is CinemaHive. CinemaHive. Yeah. CinemaHive.com. How did you come up with the name? Well, man, that's pretty tough. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, of course, I had any many other names, yeah. Uh, but it, you have to check what is available, which is almost nothing, right? I'm sure. Like yeah. finding a name, mm -hmm. it is, oh man, the most difficult thing in the world, especially when you're a foreigner. Like things don't come up that easily, right? Right, it's like, right. It's, I mean, you run out of words pretty quickly. <laughs> 
And at that time, there were no, there was no chat GPT that can help you uh -huh. or, or anything. So I was like, oh, man. So somehow, I don't even remember how I got there. Yeah. But sometime I wrote it down and it felt right. It's like, ah, oh, I think I like this one. And then I made a, made a design, the logo and all that. It's like, oh, I mean, I feel like it makes it makes sense. You did with it what yourself? we want to do. You do graphic design as well? I mean the first draft, yeah. yes. The then sketch. then I got yeah. Then I got the uh, an actual designer to do it. Because I'm not a graphic designer. Um, so it's like, ah, oh, I mean, I feel like I like the colors that I can create and the environment I can create and, and what it means, um, what Hive means in, for the film industry too, mm -hmm. right? Because at the end, that's what it is. I mean, it's a little Hive. Yeah, all the worker bees making Correct. money. Probably I will have called it Cine Hive maybe. Mm -hmm. Or maybe cinema. I don't know. At this point, it is in. I mean, it, that's the name. So yeah. I better like it, right? Yeah. <laughs> did you? Uh, how did you find? Because you're not a. Are you a coder? Or are you a developer? No, as well? not at all. How did you connect with with your developers to make it? Oh man, developers are a thing. <laughs> because yeah. he, I mean, creating a team of. I mean, creating a team in general is hard. Creating a team of things that you don't know it is I mean even more difficult so the cool thing is that I started I, I didn't know how to start this right so the the start of the the pandemic started and I remember I had this plan of I was actually gonna stop when the pandemic hit I was going to start one month after the pandemic hit I was going to start um, like a course where I was going to learn how to create your platform or how to be an entrepreneur, let's say it that way, because that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to create, I wanted to create this platform, Yeah. Uh, but I just didn't know how. <clears throat> so I got into this course, and then um, the pandemic hit, and I said, well, I have more time now. This is what I wanted because I never had time before never in my life. So I started working already in, uh, in my platform right away. And then uh, I, I got into the course and then um, I, I met one coach that she's the best coach I ever met before. Mm. She told me, it's like, oh, well, if you want to create something, the best way to do it is to create, um, uh, how do you call it? How you call it? Uh, not the actual thing, but it's a prototype. Yeah. She she teach me how to prototype, basically. So, well, you start simple. You start with the simple thing, simplest thing. You test it, test it, test it. So that's what I was doing. I was working on prototypes. Things that I can do myself, literally on the computer, on Canva. I was using Canva to design my whole thing. So I designed things on Canva and I was making it work, making it work, making it work. To the point, it's like, okay. I can, now I need a, an actual UX UI designer to help me connect things and see how can things work. And I met a huge, I mean, a freaking awesome guy in Colombia. Um, the, how did you find him? Through a friend. I have, I have a friend in Colombia 
that he used to work in, um, he's a Venezuelan guy, that he used to work in uh, Salesforce in Colombia. I said, man, I know this guy. He's freaking awesome. Um, just talk to him. Uh, he can do it for you. I mean, of course, you have to pay and all that. I said, okay, great. I mean, mm-hmm. I cannot pay for a guy like that here, right, but in right. Colombia, I can pay for it. So okay. So I started um, working with the guy. The guy was just freaking amazing, right? Um, so I created my prototype, and it was spectacular. And then, okay, we got to this point. Now we have to start developing. And I thought having the prototype that was so perfect already, I said, oh, I think it's going to be easy to start just connecting. I mean, it's... Yeah, just make it bigger. <laughs> it's just make it work on, on the back end. Yeah. So it's going to be easy. These developers, have, they have to do nothing, right? So, dude, I found... He helped me find a, a few developers in Colombia. And they were, they were so bad, man. I had <laughs> such a bad experience with those developers. And then um, I told them, so, I mean, I need this to go faster, right? Like, this is just going too slow because I spent like one year and a half with these developers and they were doing literally nothing, right? Mm. It's not only the payment that you're doing, but it's your dream that you see totally. being wasted, right? And so you need to stay inspired as well by it. Also, right? right? Yeah. So, man, I can So I told them, I said, well, Let's do something. Let's bring two more people to a project because I need this to go faster, right? At that point, I was not still, I mean, that's the thing. I didn't know how long things take, but I knew things were going wrong, right? right. Like, I, I don't see things moving. I don't see them, I mean, I, I saw so many issues, right? It's like, oh, I know things are going wrong. So when I brought these two other people, one of them was okay, but one of them, that was a girl, she was freaking amazing, right? She was calling me all the time. I was like, oh, how do you want this here? How do you imagine this? How do you imagine that? She was actually making questions that made sense. And I could see that she was paying attention to what was done, right? So I hmm. I feel like this girl is she's actually really good. And I saw that the other guys were making this girl do all the work. Mm. Right? Okay. Because she was the only one working. And I was like, man. And I and I realized that you know what? That's it. I that month I decided, you know what? I I'm gonna fire everyone except this girl. <clears throat> And she was friend of one of the guys. And I told her, like, hey, I want to talk to you before because I want to keep you in the company. I want you to be the, the head of the department. Um, and everybody else is going to go. I know this guy is your friend and this and that. Um, but, I mean, unfortunately, things are not working. Yeah. And uh, you know that. And I'm pretty sure they know that, too. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to explain them what, you're, what I'm telling you also. But I want you to let you know that I want you in the company. So if you are interested, uh, I want you to stay. Um, we'll figure out, she said, well, she's my friend, this and that. So well, and she's like, oh, I'm super interested in the company. I love what we're doing. I said, well, if that's, if that's true, he's going to understand. And also, I'm going to let him know 
what was my issue. I mean, my issue is what is not with him personally. Yeah. The issue is that the job is not done. Right. Right. <clears throat> so I and everything was perfect. I talked to the guy, to the guys. I said, man, look, guys, it's not working. Nobody's paying attention to this. Uh, so did it feel like they were just going through the motions? Even worse. Or just not coding, not doing their... They were not doing anything. Okay. And then uh, they were just blocking every single thing. Every, they, everything was an issue. Things were not working out. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man. Where, did you hire these people full time? They, I had three people. I had one full time and two, uh, no, let me see. I had one full time and three people, including the girl that was part time. The girl is still part-time, but she's the head of the department. Yeah. And I have, I still have three more people coding now. Did you? But f- those are full-time now. Did you, f- like, form a company to do this, or are you just doing it out of pocket right now? Out of pocket. Okay. Out of pocket. I'm bootstrapping my company. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I'm going to do until I can, because I want to really keep my company. I love it. Yeah, that's the plan. So you got the girl on the team. So you got you have like two your two people that are locked in. Really, is it just the three of you? Well, it's me, my dad, which is also my the co-founder with me. I have the the UX UI designer, which is part of the team too, still, and actually big part of the team. I have the girl, and um, which is let's call it the CTO in this case. Mm-hmm. I have and I have two developers, one back end and one front end. So we are one, two, three, four, five, six total. Six nice. people in the company. Are you the only one that has uh like film experience? Yeah, my dad a little bit too, yeah. but mostly me. Yeah. I'm I'm the one I'm basically directing here, right? It's like I get to decide what works, what doesn't work how things run, how, because, I mean, but they give me also great um, options to work with, but I'm basically the one deciding what works and what doesn't because I know what it is. They have no clue. <laughs> they don't see the big picture. They don't see, I mean, they do, man. They're, I mean, if they are smart yeah, and you explain them what it is, they, they understand quickly. I mean, that's the cool thing about this uh, this girl, right? She understands what it's all about, right? It's like, oh, she can understand what you're saying. Actually, my whole team now, they understand what we're doing, which is great. They have no clue how they how you make a film, mm-hmm. but they understand what you're saying and what is the goal. It's like, okay, the goal for this is this. This is the objective of this part. Yeah. This is the objective of this part. And this is what happens. In, in in between. So that's pretty cool. I'm gonna bring this just down a little bit. If you if you want to relax, it's fine. I just no, that's fine. don't want you your face blocked <clears throat> by the mic. Um that's awesome, man. That's I feel like that's such a needed tool. I remember, you know, you showing me the mock up of your of the yeah. site on set the other day. And from the start, as you were explaining, I was like, Yes. When can I get this? When can <laughs> I use it? Like seems like a very valuable tool that's going to continue you know the value will continue to grow as the functionality and then as as the user adoption goes up and 
Um, so when you said you're having a, is the product launch coming up? Is that what the I mean, I'm going to launch the, the minimum viable product, which is the minimum, literally. Um, what are the original, what, what are the, the launch features going to be the first round of features? The first launch features are, let me see. I mean, you can have all the contacts for your projects. You can create projects. You have all the contacts for your projects. Uh, you can create a calendar. You can have all your locations there. You can create a call sheet, which is automated too. Uh, and it can be confirmed automatically as well. And you can you can have notes for your project. And there's one more thing I just don't remember right now. Mm -hmm. does, it, does it interact with like your Google account or like can you have it auto-populate your calendars or? No. That's something that down No, because what is important is that it is not, in the case of the calendar, for example, it mm -hmm. is not your calendar, right? It's the calendar of the project. Gotcha. The difference is that it is different. I mean, the calendar project is not your calendar. So usually the producer is the one that shares that calendar. Mm -hmm. And um, not everything that is in there pertains to to your calendar. It, yeah. may, it really makes no sense to mm -hmm. anybody else's calendar. So it's good that you have a, you can actually visualize per project the, the calendar of each thing, every single project that you work on. And it's always going to be there. It doesn't have to be part of your calendar because it's completely different mm -hmm. to your calendar. I mean, that's the way I thought it. For sure. Um, it might be cool at some point to be able to like have those dates that are on that calendar like autofill onto your normal calendar on your apps or whatever. If yeah. I mean, we I can do it. how hard it. that would be to pull off, but. We, we can do it. I just, it was a decision that we took that we mm -hmm. were not going to make it that way because it just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, if you think about it, just quickly, you're going to say, yeah, I mean, I want the calendar into my calendar. Mm -hmm. But then, you're going to hate that. <laughs> yeah. You're literally going to hate that because it doesn't make any sense. The whole production calendar doesn't make any sense to your personal calendar. Gotcha. Uh, and you can always have access to this calendar. You can always see what's mm -hmm. going to happen because it's in the platform all the time. So if you want access to that calendar, you can see it. Yeah, yeah. But that's not your personal calendar. <laughs> it is completely different. For sure. Um, so that was... I decided that. I, said, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want anything to do with your calendar or mm -hmm. anything to do with your Google calendar or Apple calendar or anything because it doesn't make any sense. So it's just the project calendar. And you can also only view it when it's in your project. It might be cool to have, uh, you know, I'm just thinking creatively as we're talking, like it would be cool to do like a documentary where you have someone make a film using your platform. You know, yeah, like no. for that story, like this is what Cinema Hive looks like, you know, on the ground being used. You know, you get you get a filmmaker friend. I would love to, man. I would love to. Have some sort of partnership or something where they. Yeah. You know, and then you got to have the team that's documenting the making of the, you know, the BTS or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that would be ideal, actually. Mm -hmm. That would be really, really cool. Um, I mean, Hopefully, I mean, we're at some point we're gonna start looking for partners, let's say mm -hmm. that way, and investors. So hopefully, the investors that we find are 
filmmakers, right? Like both high-end filmmakers, right? Maybe even actors or mm-hmm. or producers, real producers or stuff. Uh, we would love if we can actually do that. Start filming how how we grow, how to use it, uh, how to implement it in works, uh, the mistakes that we make. I mean, part of this, I mean, we're a startup company, right? Like we're going to make a ton of mistakes. That's part of the startup path, right? Like, oh, yeah, you're going to have to make mistakes, fix it, and you're going to have to make things that nobody likes and then pivot from that. It's like, oh, if this doesn't work, just be here and find your own things to yeah. That actually works. So, I mean, we would love to, yeah, probably make a film of that. I mean, I didn't even thought about it. I've been so busy doing <laughs> oh, something else. That, no, this was just an idea I just had as I was hearing. Listening yeah, to no, that would be ideal. I mean, it'll be super cool. Has a, has this project, building this thing, changed the way that you look at productions now? When you're, like, when you're on set, when you're, uh, taking jobs, you know, are you thinking about this thing that you're building? Has that changed, you know, the way a production is? Are you looking at different parts of it? And Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The thing is that, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just see the value of what I'm creating, right? So, I, man, if this is what I have in my mind exists right now and I implement it and make it work and I have the money to make it work right away, and um, people start using it, it's just a boom, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's unstoppable, right? But that's what you think. It's like, oh, man, it's, yeah. this is going to be unbelievable. But then that's the thing. Like, sometimes that doesn't happen that way. Um, so I have to be smart about it, to be quite honest. Well, you also, I mean, you're uniquely poised in a, in an industry where your work, cause you know, let's say, you know, someday you quit your day job and you're running this company. It's a big success. In the meantime, you're still going out. You're a day player. You're working on sets. Like what better place to market what it is that you're building? You're, you're on sets every day with different directors, different producers, different filmmakers. Correct. So, you know, you're on the ground, you're going to be, on the front lines for the future. Uh, like you're saying, everybody knows me in, in in the film industry in the Bay Area. I know pretty much everyone, right? I know all the producers. I know. Um, so that's, I mean, yes, it's easy to find people that can use my product mm-hmm. right away. But also, I mean, you are... You start thinking about it, it's like, oh man, these are the people that hire me all the time. And I'm not afraid that they stop hiring me or mm-hmm. because I I mean I'm I'm gonna be pretty honest to, to with them and say, well, I mean, this is where we are right now. Uh we wanna test it, this is what we're gonna do and all that. But I mean, it is a pride thing, it's like, oh, you want them, you wanna succeed all the time, you don't wanna fail to them, right? And um so sometimes you are overthinking things like, oh, I don't want to show it to them. I want to wait until... It's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Which is not going to happen just like that, no. right? The only way to make things perfect is testing it with them in this case. Yeah, right? you need users. You need users. You need people to test it. You need people to tell you what is wrong and how to fix it. Mm-hmm. So that has been one of my issues, right? Like, 
I overthink sharing my platform, for example. Um, but I think right now it's perfected enough to just release it. Just go ahead. Is it um, going to be a... Um are you even thinking about monetization at this point or is it going to be a free platform to begin? Or Yeah. I mean, in theory, for the user, regular user, it's going to be free. It's going to be free all the time. Um, we have, I mean, the monetization part, uh, of course, we need to make money and all of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, the way we make money um, already... Production companies are already spending money on that already. So it's nothing new for them. Mm -hmm. Actually, they're going to pay less just to have a platform like mine. Uh, but th that's your like, uh, so it'll also be like a, a subscription or a, or a package that a production design, uh, like a line producer could, could buy for the production? Nothing. Or? It's pretty free, pretty open. Okay. Pretty free, pretty open. They're going to be paying for some stuff that I Premium cannot say features, right now. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and then, I mean, at some point, if things go well and, and um, we open some more features, uh, regular filmmakers and crew members and all that, they're going to be paying, they're going to be paying for, um, for a premium if they decide to. Uh, but that's to open a whole new level of things too. Sure, right? like a so. kind of like a LinkedIn model in a way, or something. like a LinkedIn model and all that stuff. Cool. Correct. But that's if you decide to do it too. So you're gonna have great value just with the regular platform. Sure. No matter what, um, the rest is gonna be just something that we, as a company, we're gonna, we're gonna have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So we need your support to pay for that too. Sure. Sure. And, and, you know, the, the model here in the Bay, I mean, how many startups are you get, you know, venture capitalist funding or something where, you know, they're just there to help you develop it. You're not even worrying so much about revenue at first until you've got everything dialed in. Correct. That was before. Now it's not like that anymore. I mean, yeah, you still have investors and cap yeah. venture capitalists and all that. But the model right now is that they want to see you making money right away. Gotcha. If you're not making money right away, it is hard for a venture capitalist to give you money now. So you should be, if we're not making money or making a profit somehow, it's going to be hard for us to, to get funding. So you got to think about revenue in the short term? Correct. Or medium term, maybe? <laughs> Correct. I mean, it, it is there. We know how we're working on that. Hopefully that part of the platform, we can start uh, selling it in like six, seven months. Okay. Awesome. So we're going to start making money in six, seven months. Do you think about, you know, I got to put in a, a plug for for my people too, which is when you're building out this this platform, have you thought about, you know, videographers as well, which, you know, for some people, maybe there's no distinction, but I think that there is, you know, there is a difference in freelance videography work versus like, production work i'm wondering how this platform could be utilized for you know this is a growing industry as well people like myself who are maybe not working on as big of productions but are still in need of that organizational tools yeah i mean um it'll be beneficial for 
them also because they're going to get into a community that is going to help you grow, first of all. Yeah. And um, also, I mean, it's going to help. Yeah. I mean, it's a little different in that case, mm -hmm. right? Um, Do you guys have like, uh, are you going to have any features like, you know, invoice generators or um, what's the other thing I was thinking about? Like contracts or, you know, are you, are you guys going to get into that kind of work at all? Yeah. I mean, not quite yet. Not maybe, quite yet. Yeah. Maybe down the road. Or maybe down the road. We're going to see how can um, do that. Right now it's mostly for, for productions really but that doesn't mean anything i mean you can showcase your work in i mean at some point you're going to be able to showcase your work in in the platform and um and you're going to be able to do many things in the platform mm -hmm. too i mean you can so it is definitely for everybody that is involved in the film industry or videography i mean uh, not right now right now in the first year I say it that way mm -hmm. but after the first year they're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of stuff that is gonna be for everyone that is in in the film industry or videography industry awesome yeah I mean I, I think I know personally there's certain aspects of like you know these larger productions that are a little intimidating like we were on set together the other day and I'm sure I could use like the, one of these fx6 cinema cameras if I get, if I had the time to like figure out, but you know, because I haven't, it's not a comfort, the comfort spot. And yeah. I've also talked to like DPs and high level filmmakers who are like, I wouldn't know what to do with a DSLR. Like you're doing everything you're directing. You're I'm like, Oh, like I do have these skills that are different, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I see this, this platform that you're building really as an opportunity for people to explore the other sides, you know, as a videographer, but, as someone who wants to be a, more of a filmmaker in my life, it does yeah. seem like, you know, the network, the community that you're building would allow for growth in those areas. Absolutely. If not, at least you're going to be able to see what is going on in the film world, right? And, uh, and it's at the end of the day, it's going to be your decision if you want to jump into that area or not. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, like you're saying, videography and filmmaking are very similar, but at the same, very different, right? Like, in a, usually in videography, let's call it that way, um, you're a one-man band, mm -hmm. right? You're doing pretty much everything. You record your sound, you you do your own, you, you do your, the camera work, you edit, you pretty much do anything, right? To direct, <clears throat> to produce, yeah, all of it. <laughs> but when you are in the production side or big production sites, um, uh, in, in, I mean, it's in a way easier because every person has their own um, role, I say it that way. Specialization. A specialization. And uh, I mean, in, in, in the specialization, sometimes it's so specific that they don't even know how to do any... I mean, you, I have seen ACs, assistant cameras, that they are not even able to make a good framing. They mm. don't know how sometimes. They know how to handle the camera and they know the settings of the camera and they know... Composition. Com some, I mean, sometimes they don't even know composition. They know how to put the lens. <laughs> you know, they know <laughs> where, where to put the thing. <laughs> yeah. But then you ask them to film something. They ask, you ask them to be a DP or, and they don't know. 
it is out of there. They have no idea how to do it. You know, I'm pretty sure if you grab a camera, probably you know where is one setting in the camera. Mm. Like, I don't know. I don't know everything. You, you know, three times more these cameras or a, a bigger camera, probably you, you also know it too. But I know what to do with those settings. Right? Sure. It's like, I know where those settings are going to go. Mm-hmm. I know what to do with those settings. I know how to make a frame. I know how to create a story with those framings. I know how to how to make the cuts, how to make it work. Sometimes an assistant camera, they have, they have no clue, right? Um, so in that in that way, uh, a videographer probably knows more than one of those guys that are in <laughs> in big budget pictures right. and all that stuff, right? Because they know how to make shots to make a cut, right? For example, mm-hmm. they have no freaking yeah, clue. shooting for the edit. Yeah. All that. Well, Kyle, dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. I, I appreciate you sharing your dream and your background, your story. One of the things I love about doing this podcast is, you know, it's rare in our life where we sit down and have like an intentional conversation to get to know someone. Like I'm sure you have friends that you've known for years that haven't heard everything that you just shared. So that is true, it's, man. It's a cool opportunity. And I feel like I know you a little bit better now. Uh, know Thanks. the story. Um, before we jump off, can you, um, how can people find you and connect with you? Oh man, I'm the worst on that one. On that, <laughs> that's, uh, that's something I need to get better at. Um, let me see. I mean, I have LinkedIn. I mean, I have LinkedIn, which is Kael Tidorovic. Mm-hmm. It's my name. And I have Instagram, but it looks like a ghost Instagram because it's, it's my name also, Kael, K-A-E-L, Teodorovic. And, um, but it's empty. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty self-conscious on showing yeah, stuff for sure, some reason. Sure. Um, but also at some point I'm going to share with you the platform when it's released. Cool. So hopefully you can share it on your, on your, I would love to, on your stuff. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, so people can check it out. Totally. Um, and you can share this, you know, if, if someone's asking about it, we just talked for a good chunk of time about it, which absolutely, can, can yeah. be valuable sometimes. I'm that sure. would be cool. I'll share it somewhere yeah. in my, yeah, I'll share it somehow. <laughs> I think I have never shared anything ever. Okay. So like this, one of the rare who hasn't, <laughs> you know. This will be my probably my first time. Hell yeah, dude. But yeah, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate you. Much love to you all. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, until next time. Peace. <laughs>